Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks again. It's an honor to come across your radio waves and your broadcasts to make a difference. We're continuing to move forward on the fruit of the Spirit with us again as Pastor Tony Miller. As we mentioned earlier on in this week, we're so thankful. He had a little bit of an illness that God is just uh, allowing him to get through. Continue to pray for Pastor Miller as he continues to uh, get better, and uh, we'll continue to pray for you guys. So, Pastor Miller, we've been moving along on the fruit of the Spirit. We've we've talked about so far using that verse over in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, as your friend Pastor Short used to say, gentleness, goodness, then today, faith. And so, Pastor, when you think of that word faith, what comes to mind for you? Well, this is one of those uh, Greek words that when it came to translating this in different versions of the Bible, uh, people said, is this supposed to be faith, which means dependence upon God or reliance upon God or someone? Or is it supposed to be faithfulness? And I kind of answer this question that comes to mind. Uh, It's not an either or thing. I think when you have faith, you will have faithfulness. So I think this word speaks of a confidence in God's care and his promises that leads us to be faithful to him and others. So that's really what I would like to start off with today in defining it as a confidence or a certain dependence upon God's care that leads me to faithfulness in my life to him and others. And to me, let me just say this, Doug, this is the greatest quality that I see about God. We sing a song, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. God doesn't change. He, he's, he is what he is. He does what he says he'll do. And you can always count on him. And thus you can depend upon him. And his faithfulness is, to me, the thing that keeps all of his other qualities the same. His compassions, they fail not. As he has been, he ever will be, the songwriter said. Yeah. Great is thy faithfulness. And I, I, was, I was looking at this verse, and, and you guys will all immediately recognize this, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And uh, I was thinking about faith. You know, years ago, Pastor Miller, when I took my first Bible class, I, I, was, uh, I had already completed a bachelor's degree before I was saved. And so I had, I had done some, I was taking some Bible classes. I had done some research. And, uh, and one of the first classes I took, we, we ended up talking about the word of faith. I don't even remember what the class was. It may have been like a systematic theology or something. And I remember this, and I've heard this expression given many times about faith. And I want to, or this example, uh, but the brother who was teaching the class made the comment, 
And I remember I was in Korea, and actually at that time, you could sign up. There was a Liberty Baptist College. That tells you how long ago that was. And they would send VCR tapes in a box big enough to uh, pack a week's worth of groceries. And, and I remember you'd get all those tapes, and you'd go to the Army Test Center, and you'd take tests, and they would send them back to the college. But this guy gave an example. And the example he gave was this. He said, you know, this guy was over the top of Niagara Falls. And I know, I know you've heard this before, Pastor. And he was, he, they put this tight line, a cable going across Niagara Falls. And back before TV, the internet, social media, people used to do the dumbest things to draw a crowd. But anyway, he walked back and forth across this steel cable going across Niagara Falls. Those of you who've been to Niagara Falls know there's a Canadian side and an American side. And up until recently, you could just randomly walk back and forth between countries and stuff. They would check an ID at certain posts, but it, it was pretty easy before September 11th. Uh, but anyway, this is back at the turn of the 1900th century. And he walked, he said, does everybody have faith that I can walk across that cable to the Canadian side and then walk back to the American side? And he'd worked the crowd on both sides. And sure enough, even with the wind and all the things that waterfall uh, had caused, he walked back and forth. And then he said, do you have faith I can walk back and forth with this wheel? barrel and uh and 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 not falling and they're all screaming we have faith so sure enough he worked the crowd on both sides came back to the american side he says now do you have faith i can put 150 pounds in in this wheelbarrow and go back and forth they're all screaming yeah we got faith and he went back and forth and then he says now do you still believe i can move 150 pounds back and forth they said we got faith he said anyone here weigh 150 pounds get in the wheelbarrow and I remember the professor saying, uh, faith is about getting in the wheelbarrow, but we're not talking about crossing a waterfall here or everything involved with that, that one out of every 10 people that goes over that waterfall dies, or we're talking about a belief, believing in God, trusting in Christ, as that Bible verse said, but without faith. Without that biblical faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God who accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what's your example, pastor? I know you were talking about faith and it being faithfulness. I love, I love that you have a minor in Greek when you went through college and you can randomly grab those words from decades ago. But what would be an example to you, to a new believer, to somebody who really struggles with daily faith, what would you say to them? How would you package a reply? Well, there's a book that I used to teach discipleship class out of called Disciples Are Made, Not Born. And it's, the emphasis is you can be born again and you're automatically a Christian, but Faith in, and walking as a disciple is something that develops. It's it's made. And so they had a definition in that book, and it said, uh, faith is believing God and acting upon it. And so that's basically what you described in your illustration, that it's, I, do I believe God is able to do what he says or is will do what he says he'll do? And then I thus commit my soul to him for eternity to be saved. Or I pray because he tells me uh, without you can do nothing. So I'm going to pray. Yeah. And so I'm going to act on it. I believe God and thus I act upon it. I think that's the bottom line of it. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think that's good. And I, I love the verse now, faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, uh, so I can't tell you how many times in my life along the journey, uh, it's a supernatural thing. Uh, we, we, we don't have blind faith. It, it's more than that. We have the Holy Spirit of God within our heart. And you were mentioning that book, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a journey. And when we realize that our greatest weaknesses are God's greatest strengths, when I realize that any lack of faith I have was not bathed in prayer, when I realized that any lack of faith I had was not found in the Word of God, I wasn't doing my Bible reading, I wasn't praying, I wasn't talking to God, I wasn't surrounding myself in discipleship, and, and, and thinking about that, so you did this discipleship series, how important is discipleship uh, to a believer? Oh, it's, it's critical. Now, some people do informal discipleship of someone or formal. You can use a book and go through a course, uh, printed material and so forth, or online. You can do it, and that's good. My pastor did an informal thing with me. He took me out on visitation weekly, and then afterwards we would discuss the questions I had, the things he knew I needed, for an hour or two, we would spend maybe an hour, an hour and a half on visitation, and then he'd spend another hour and a half with me. I didn't realize it, but he was informally discipling me. And some of the things he taught me in those 10 months before I went off to Bible college uh, have stuck with me and I've used for years. But I think the aspect of what you're talking about, faith, faith always acts. And that's what the Hebrews 11 that you're quoting really shows the example by faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham left the country and went to a place he'd never seen. By faith, Moses, you know, he, he turned from Pharaoh's daughter to suffer with the people of God. But we really believe something, we will act upon it. Now, the action is not our faith. It's the result of our believing God. It's a result of our having confidence in what God says he'll do. He will do what he wants me to do. I ought to do. We become convinced of that by God. And that's the belief that depends upon God and acts upon it. No, I, I think it's great that you're talking about that. Now, Pastor, this week, part of my devotion time, and uh, I've been listening to J. Vernon McGee and going through his books, is I walk with God and talk with God and those types of things. I try to. And uh, we've been in Romans chapter 8. And this, I want you to know, folks, that as I talk to these things with Pastor, there, there's no rehearsal time. Pastor and I did not get on the phone yesterday and talk through what we're doing today or anything like that. But, but Pastor, I, I think in my life, I, I go back to Romans 8, and one of the things that comes to my mind is Romans 8, 28. It's uh, my son Doug's life verse, his favorite verse, his life verse. And it says, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, folks, I want you to think about that verse for a minute. We're going to run to our commercial. We're going to talk to pastor about that verse. So hang with us for a second. We'll be right back with you.
So, Pastor, as we come back, and I'm looking at that verse, and for me, that verse just speaks of faith. And uh, it talks about people like me, like you, who are going through the junk of this world. And it's having faith, right? It's, It's trusting that the junk we're going through, the trials we've went through, the diver's temptation, whatever you want to look at, these things we go through in our life, it's faith right? That we come out the other end and we're better for it. Yes, exactly. That uh, Romans eight twenty eight is followed by the f- fact that God calls us. He justifies us and we, he glorifies us and we'll get complete glorification in heaven. But then he says, the all things work together for good. What? To conform us to the image of Christ. And, you know, God puts us through things because he loves what his son is like and the way his son lived here on earth. And he's determined to make us all like him, Christ's likeness. So God uses all things together for good, uh, not just to make us a millionaire, not just to make us happy, but to make us Christ-like. And I want to share something along this line that I had to live out back in 1976. My wife and I spent the summer in Scotland. I was an interim pastor for a missionary that came home on furlough. And we came back to New York City, and we got delayed by the plane, uh, not getting back on time. So we had to stay in New York City Saturday night. And I stayed with friends that I had intended to stay with, but that night our car was stolen. And I found out it was stolen the next morning when I went out to get the brush out of uh, the pastor's van. And I looked across the street and said, Doug, uh, it's my car. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I parked my car there and it's no longer there. Long story short, I could say God worked all things that I were going try to explain this to my wife. Uh, And this was our first car. She had saved money up before we got married. I paid for the wedding ring. She paid for the car, all right? (laughs) (laughs) We were. And she uh, was up in their apartment getting ready. And I went in and I said, you know, honey, the the Bible says the... uh, the Lord gave, the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. She says, yeah, I know that verse. And I says, you know, honey, the Bible also says that all things work together for good to them that love God. And she says, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, I had to say our our car has apparently been stolen. But through our delay in that car being stolen, we saw in three days, five people come to Christ. Mm. We saw three counseling situations. The church took an offering and sent us back. And then we went to look for another car and I'd interim pastored in a church down out of Clemson, South Carolina. And there was a deacon who was a car salesman in Anderson. And we went to see him, got our car, but he also said, you know, since you left as interim, our pastor that came after has left, would you come back? And sure enough, God led us back. We became better people but also we were able to help others by that negative thing of a car being stolen. So we all face things in life that are negative. Are we going to react? Are we going to say, woe is me? Are we going to throw our hands up in the air and quit? Or are we going to say, God, I believe you. 
you say all things work together for good. So I'm going to respond and act upon that. Yeah, that's good, brother. And so I guess you never saw the other car again. It was stolen and it was gone. Had the police come, there were two policemen there, and Doug had asked me to preach there, and I think it was that morning four of those five got saved, but mm. we were to the policemen before the service, and, and they said, oh, yeah, 56 to 60,000 cars stolen per year in New York City, and 80% of them don't show up, and the ones that do show up are burned or stripped or whatever. And so, <laughs> oh, my. But, Named a new car. It was a better car. And it, we named it All T. That's what we called it. The previous car was Brownie. Guess what color Brownie was? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the car, All T, that stood for all things work together for good. And we saw God, God do that as we didn't get frustrated or blow up or want to quit or accuse God of not being good. We knew he was up to good because he's a good God and we can trust him. Yeah, that's great. And I guess that's why the Apostle Paul can turn around and say, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ our Lord. So we progress. In chapter 8 of the book of Romans, I've seen a little bit of everything in there. You know, security, safety, sanctification, you know, that thing you talked about, discipleship. And and, and, and now we're talking service, but we're talking faith here. He gets to the point and he says, you know, there's nothing. And Paul's world was a lot different than ours, uh, but certainly the same. There were dangers and all those things. But he's saying, Pastor, and boy, if we could get this, that nothing that happens to me physically will ever pull me out of the hand of the Lord. Yes. You know, the thing that I think of, once again, we've been comparing these qualities even to what happened to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And God called him to go to the most terrible thing in have ever faced, the cross of Calvary. But, you know, in the class of Calvary, the whole situation, commentators say that he prayed probably the whole of Psalm 22. Not just the seven things that the gospel writers read, uh, write to us, but we see there in Psalm 22, the first 10 verses are about trust, how Israel trusted God and how he was the writer of the Psalms, trusting God and how Jesus was going to trust God the Father going through the cross. And you remember through that whole time, he trusted God to bring good out of it. And at the end, he says, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. Mm-hmm. And God all the way through to the end. Thus he trusting God, faithful to the end, faithful Savior, demonstrating the faithfulness that the right said consider the apostle and high priest that faithful one that great faithfulness he says emulate that faithfulness yeah what a blessing and emulate that brethren emulate that when those days are hard when those times are long it, it uh, uh when when long suffering 
is needed on a minute-to-minute basis where the world seems upside down. Stop and think about that these things are shaping me into that image that Pastor had read to us there at 28 and 29. And then to get to that place where the Apostle Paul says, you know, there's nothing on this side of heaven that can take me away from God. And God's promised me I'm going there and no matter what I go through. And I often finish with this story and I want to finish with it again. I want to, I want this man's name and actions to leave my lips from time to time. And Richard Marino, a missionary, I used to run a missions agency for years called Armed Forces Baptist Missions. And it was an honor to see God build that and bring the right people there. And I remember one of the missionaries we had, his name was Richard Marino and Richard Marino, through a long events later in his life, decided in his 50s he was going to be a missionary. He had went to Bible college many, many years earlier, but had worked in secular life, had buried a wife, God had brought him another wife, was doing well in life, and um, he decided he was going to be a missionary. And pastor, somewhere along the way, he started having terrible stomach cramps. And to make a, a long story short, he had pancreatic cancer. He was on deputation. He had pancreatic cancer. His days were numbered. The doctors, I think, guessed three to four months. He lived three months. At that same time, my mom was in a hospital in Connecticut dying of a staph infection. And she had memory problems. We didn't know it, but she had been having multiple strokes. And I remember that man of God, Richard Marino, would pick up the phone and call my mother at a hospital 500 miles up the road and say, Janine, I'm praying for you today, and I'm going to beat you to heaven. And when I get there, I'm going to meet you at the gate. And he'd read Bible to her and tell her that God loved her. This was a man that couldn't even eat anymore, uh, who lost about 90 pounds over three months and went to heaven. But I know this. He got the faith thing. He said, nobody's going to take me out of God's hand and I'm getting ready to go to the other side. Folks, I know it's been a long day, and and it's been a long week, and been a long year, and a long life at times, but listen, faith, faith, it's uh, trusting God. It's letting God do a work through you. Do it. Trust Him. Uh, We certainly hope that you had a good blessing today. We we pray for that. If we can do anything at all to help you, make sure you look us up on the Facebook page, Help for Wounded Spirits, or drop me a note over there at DougForWoundedSpirits.com. We'd love to do whatever we can do to help you. Please listen, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, many of the things we've been talking about as we've been covering the fruit of the Spirit and the different fruits that fall into that category, and you're saying, well, Doug, this isn't making any sense to me. Pastor Miller, this isn't making any sense to me. Well, maybe we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in just a minute, Eric is going to tell you word for word how you can do that. We sure do love you folks and hope you have a great day. And make sure you come back tomorrow and spend some more time with Pastor Miller and and me again. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.